We survived. We well, barely. Survived. <laughs> we lost a man. There's we a man a down. Man. We lost a man. Yeah. Uh, in our fringe fiesta celebration, doing shows. It was more shows. than a fiesta. It was like a fringe Bacchae type of thing. Right. Like, it it wasn't, totally was. It was happy, but it was also like frenzied and a little like crazy and obviously incredibly unsafe at some point. Yes, yes. We should say um, right now that say it. Uh, that we are Sounds Bailey this, this episode. For and the first time ever. For the first time ever. And it's heartbreaking, but um, yeah, fuck COVID. Uh, but not just Bailey. So many, we have so many friends. So many friends that we were drinking and partying with, and somehow you and I both have come out no symptoms and multiple negative tests. And I am negative knocking tests. on wood right oh, now. Oh my god, knock on that fake wood. Yeah. Uh, I got no, it. this yeah. is a piano bench. It's wood. No, no, I have fake wood. <laughs> and also, um, I have fake wood. That's a is, whole different. Is that like a boner podcast. on? Fake on wood. pills? I, I Is don't, that a fake wood? Uh, I usually uh, think about it as like a popsicle stick with some scotch tape. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means, but it's a funny image. To create an erection or an artificial uh, oh. erection. Yes. Uh, now, okay. now, I can, now I can see. <laughs> I can tell by your face you're confused. Ooh, okay. Uh, uh, but, but, but yeah, we survived Fringe. We definitely had a night. What was it? Was it Saturday? Yes, it was Saturday. We had three guys that night, and I was like, I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay till the end of the night. No, no, it was Friday. It was Friday. Oh, right, right. I showed up at the bar already pretty drunk from a dinner that I was at ahead of time, and you were there, and J.J. Mays was there. Like, we had a good group of people there. Yeah. And we had somehow managed to get the corner booth at the plunge. And then I was like, hey, guys, I'm just going to go get a little bit of water. And then all of a sudden, it takes me, like, a long time to get to the water jug because the bar is packed. Packed with people yapping and just no masking. Elbow to elbow. And I, 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 like, hurried back as fast as I can. I was like, guys, we got to get out of here. It's like a tornado warning in here. <laughs> and all of us cleared out. But then we were also dealing with drama out on the street that night. It yeah. was a crazy fucking weekend. There was all kinds of craziness going on uh all through hollywood and at all the venues and 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 it was amazing it was great to have it back in full force after the years off you know, last year was a light year for the festival and um so to be back and to be a participant to see new people and great stuff and bad stuff and in between stuff and yeah, we'll get to all that here in a second. Uh, but yeah, we'll get into it. But in the meantime, 
Welcome to Theater Theater, the theater podcast for theater nerds, made by three theater makers from the LA theater scene. Jay Bailey Bertram is out sick. Fuck COVID. I'm CJ Merriman. And I'm Scott Legan. Each week, we sit back and discuss, debate, and disseminate the works of the great playwrights by taking a macro look at some of their plays. Uh, but this week is a special episode. We are uh, going to do our fringe wrap up and talk about the awards and the experiences that we had, give shout outs to some folks, and uh, and then start to hype next week's uh, brand new playwright series. We're getting which into will a new be... mini series. Yeah, it's going to be some. Some Oscar Wilde. Mm. <laughs> so, um, we, Scott and I, managed to make it to the awards uh, Sunday night. Yes. Um, and we got to present our first ever theater, theater playwright award. And I was super stoked about it. Scott, you've got the noms written down in the winner. Why don't you fill us all in? Yeah, it was a, a real great pleasure. We took, um, submissions from plays, new plays that were debuting at the festival. Um, we took as many submissions as we possibly could. Uh, not musicals. We decided not to do musicals this year, but to mm -hmm. strictly just sort of uh, look and um, watch plays and read plays. We got copies of all of the plays, so we're able to, to read them as well. But uh, yeah, our nominees were Dog, which is a fantastic one-man show. Mm, ben Morawski. Morawski? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, Fuck Julie, which was a play that Bailey fell in love with. And, and I read it, and script. it was it's so great. fucking it's hilarious. really great. I can't wait to see it. Um, Love Chicken, um, which was a wonderful play uh, about um, non-binary and trans people and uh, a relationship. It was a rom-com. It was a rom-com, and it was great. Yeah. Um, also, uh, Level 1 Guy Gax and of... Uh, let me see if I can get this whole title of Branch of Beast of Beatnik. That's the whole title. Level one Gygax. Um, then we had uh, Nor Inayat Khan, The Forgotten mm. Spy, which was an amazing one woman story about um, of the forgotten spy, Nor Inayat Khan, who basically sacrificed her, her life for, um, during World War II uh, in order to, um, you know. And hasn't gotten a fair shake historically. So she no, kind of wanted no, to set the record yeah, straight. Like and I loved that about the show. Totally. And then our last uh, selection was Steps of Glory, another one that Bailey kind of discovered and really liked. Um, but we saw so many amazing things. But our winner went to Love Chicken, which we just felt was this wonderful human story where... Um, you were never, I never felt pre preached to or talked at or anything like that. It was about mm -hmm. these four human beings and, um, and them navigating, um, their relationships. And, well, um, and there was also some polyamory thrown in there too, which totally. I think gets, I mean, kind of is still getting a very bad rap when it comes to scripts and movies and stuff. And, Absolutely. Um, I, I, I mean, it was lovely, and I loved all the performances, and the script was so funny. And, like, it was a 90-minute long show, which sometimes at Fringe, right? those can be fucking brutal. And this wasn't like that no, at all. we were in it fast, through all of it. It was fast, it was fun, yeah. we were in. And my biggest takeaway from it was, I wish it could have been an audience full of, like, boomer parents. So it's just because I feel like if you see, how can you judge people in relationships like this right. like 
Well, that's why representation matters, you know. Yes, and, absolutely. Uh, across the board, and you know, who knows who would have been seen that and been affected by it, or had their minds altered and their perspectives changed. But it was, uh, um, it's a great play, uh, lovely performance, and and it was an honor to to be able to present that award and to. Uh, to specifically focus on playwriting, um, you know, so and so. and Maddox Pennington was the writer of that. Oh script. yes, I'm sorry. So, I forgot, much uh, love to Maddox. Maddox. Yeah, and great everyone, work. And everybody in the cast was just lovely to meet and talk. And to. and something y'all can look forward to. We are going to do interviews with each of the nominees. Yeah. Uh, which I'm looking forward to, and then we will do a proper like episode and two episode miniseries with Maddox. Yeah. So that'd be cool. uh, I'm stoked to I'm stoked to read more of Maddox's work. Totally. More Absolutely. their work. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, I I know one thing that we made comment on. It was it was a very good year. Um, for how wrong it seems like all the big award shows get it. <laughs> yeah. Like Fringe was very like. There was there was a ton of people of color that were nominated that won. It was there was a ton of queer folk that were nominated mm -hmm. and won, and you know it was all well deserved. Um, and I just it it made me feel good to be there and see that happening, it, and it, it just was, felt like it was full of love and positivity, and I loved that. It's funny because I I'm going to segue from Fringe into my next project, and and. The playwright and I, I'm going to be directing it and uh, I've been talking about that the play is a jubilee, the plays of jubilee. And we ran into each other. It's Michael Shaw Fisher um, mm. at, at, at the at the ceremony. And he's like, this is it. This is the energy for that show. Like it was just a jubilee and people were, you know, just having a good time and, and were cheering for each other and rooting for new people and yeah it was great it was a great time it was all I, I love was, for sure it, i was a little hammered through the whole thing <laughs> you got me drunk cj got me drunk i don't know what you're talking i don't know what you're talking about i was another shot i was stone cold sober except through for the whole you, thing when you spilled you stuff can't... all over yourself <laughs> yeah you can't see that i spilled a drink on myself when we did the step and repeat it was yeah, real good it was great no, it's hot. i'm single everybody just wanted you to know. <laughs> she is available and she is a peach very very available um i i for going on from all these good feelings i feel like we should uh, like i what what were your favorite things that you saw this year Oh man, it, that's real, real tough. Um, I, I'll give a big shout out to Michael Shaw Fisher um, for his show, which was nominated for Best Musical, Who's Afraid of David Lynch, which was a homage parody of the works of David Lynch with uh, with some amazing music and amazing Fucking Lee Wolf. Lee Wolf, who was also in Three Guys. Lee Wolf Groupon. continues to be one of my favorite performers. She's, she's stunning and, and she can, can kind of do it all. Um, yeah. and so I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed kind of finding the stuff. Like there was some uh, love chicken was one. I think we all, I, I, at least while we were walking over there, I was kind of like, all right, let's play mm -hmm. called love chicken. And I'm, you know, mm -hmm. and it you know, blew me away. I went to see mm -hmm. a show and I think I mentioned this on the previous cast called, uh, the time flies which was a sketch group um, who had started working on sketches and had written, I think, 12 episodes during COVID. And then they were presenting two of them throughout. And it was 
it was just funny to me. Like the the sketch concepts were funny and it was sloppy and, and messy around the edges, you know, in terms of, you know, a theatrical presentation, sure. but that's not what it was about. It was kind of, you, it was, you were supposed to see the dirt under the fingernails and, and it was, they just did some really fun stuff. And, um, and then, um, I would like to give a shout out to, uh, uh, Meg Lynn, who did um, her sh- her one woman show? What am I, Chop Suey? Mm. Um, and she didn't come to Meg didn't come to acting until quite late in life. And she told this, and it was just a lesson in you know we we see so much performance and what is great acting and all that. And what she did was she stood in front of an audience and she told her story and her truth and and did it without filter. And mm-hmm. and so by the end of it, you were just like, you were just in it. I got to watch it with Amanda Blake Davis, and we just, mm. we just were just knocked out by how bold her honesty was, and how mm-hmm. simple that that's really all you have to do sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, there are many more. I I saw a ton of stuff that I just loved. Uh, 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 Nori Nayat Khan was a mm-hmm. show that I just was like that was a great one because I knew I knew her name like I I had I did know her before going in there but it had no details I knew that she was a woman of Indian descent who was a British she's an Indian princess right she was a princess and yeah and she became the first female radio operator um, in uh, in England uh, for the British and then um, you know and then went over and started working in the French Resistance and. Hmm. Yeah, so yeah, it was all that you know combination of stuff, and then watching friends do shows. Uh, our friends uh, Pam and Emily, Pam Quinn, who writes mo- uh, so many songs for our show and has been a guest on our show, did a wonderful cabaret of of nineties. That was nineties songs and nineties like, and early aughts. And I you mean, were in it like you. It was written it. for somebody my age, to be sure. Yeah, like, it was supposed but to it, be it was around even, the time I was in high school. Yeah, but even with that, like it was so uh, accessible and you know, wonderful cast of performers: Jeff Scott, Carey, Emily Clark, uh, Emerson Connor, Boatwright. Yeah, yeah. Ever uh, John Feliciano. Yeah. Um, did you say Megan Allison? Megan Allison. Sydney. What's Sydney? But I love Sydney. Sid, yes. And uh, yeah, I everyone in that cast was just phenomenal. Connor was in there. Yeah. Um, that was actually on my list. Um, because the thing that I loved so much about this year, um, having our award to go see shows for, and then also being on the panel for Best of Broadwater, was I went in and saw a lot of shows that I wouldn't have normally seen. Like Fringe Totes. for me is Do My Shows. And then make a list of all of my friend shows, which mm-hmm, I went and did mm-hmm. that too. Yeah. But I, I know we were we were being competitive about it. I saw 25 shows in person and then I watched six in live stream because yeah. I was trying to help fill in gaps with Best of Broadwater. And like, of course, I loved Most Likely too. It made my favorite list. Um, and then I saw a celebration show, Tales of Transcestors. Tales of Transcestors, which yes, yes. I think I would have seen that anyway, just to support, because I know they're in the same building as us. And, and uh, Brittany Wheeler, uh, that's her company, and I wanted to make sure I went and saw it. But, like, the other things for me were either through awards or, like, 
one that I know I've crowed about already is Dream at the End of Time. This mm. guy came and saw Let's Get Silly and stayed for a little while after. And I talked to him and we did a comp swamp. And he's like, yeah, I'm directing this 45 minute long Lovecraft musical. And it's a musical that Lovecraft would hate. And um, it was at the McCadden, which I have issues with that space. But this show and Love Chicken changed my mind about it because they used the space really well yeah uh, i got and it some was... stuff to say about spaces later yes <laughs> it's but it was colorful and beautiful and like another thing too is for me something that's hard and i understand the necessity of it in fringe but canned music and mm -hmm. canned voices i don't like it i understand totally budget wise time wise why it has to be done at fringe yeah but this one whoever did the composing i should have looked it up it was like it wasn't just like a piano and percussion and guitar it was like they had put in a whole orchestra and it was kind of epic sounding and even though it was canned it worked beautifully mm -hmm. and all of the singers were well trained like nobody was miked you could hear everybody perfectly and um, it was just a beautiful, it was a very not Lovecraft story. It was very fantastical and fantasy, but it wasn't, it was one of his lesser known stories, I guess, that um, it's like, uh, I can't, the land of Ira or Ira, I think mm. is the name of it. Okay. But it's more of a fantasy thing as opposed to like, there's something creeping outside your door type of story, which is, I feel a little more typically Lovecraft. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, and then I know we brought up Love Chicken, um, and then the other two, level one Gygax just well, yeah, knocked I, me I, on I'm, my ass. I'm going to try and see in the encores and they're getting a, they're getting a, an extension. It was such an impeccable show. And I saw, I mean, out of all the shows, I, I bet over half of them I saw this year were solo shows. Mm -hmm, and so sure. this was like one of the last ones I saw and it, it blew my socks off. I laughed. I was crying. Like it was, I, I reached out to Dan Lovato. They were the artists that wrote it and performed it immediately after. And I was like, I was crying and thoughtful the whole way home after seeing your show. Oh, nice. And then my last one, which yeah. is also getting an extension, I believe, with Best of Broadwater, is Abortion Weekend. Well, yeah, that, that one's huge. And it, yes, it won it a couple of awards at the Fringe yeah. Awards. But, I mean, and you'd think, like, you hear the title Abortion Weekend, especially with all the bullshit going on with Roe v. Wade right now. And you're like, oof, what is this going to be about? But it was funny, and it was thoughtful, and it was... Uh, it was irreverent and then it was all it also gave me big feels too so it was a very yeah those were my top six i guess were my favorites nice, nice. yeah um yeah it was it, like i said it was a hell of a hell of a hell of a good time and so many good interesting oh that people. reminds me the tanner the tanner, the tanner alex right. yeah. alex has been doing fringe since 1979 he said and Fuck. just uh not the same show but but he's toward this show and it's the story about a a, a soldier it's Braveheart, his, but better told <laughs> it's, it, it, i i don't say that word i don't say the b word oh uh, i say the story of william wallace okay pardon me uh, because of <laughs> because of the guy with the mg initials also, I never thought that was a very good movie. Never, oh. never, ever, ever did I think. I just feel like it's one of those people know really well, and that's sure. how any Americans know about William Wallace, unfortunately. Uh, unfortunately. But it was a great one-man show. Oh, my God. Um, so, so passionate. 
Um, and such a great brogue. You're a great brogue. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, what's next? What do we got uh, next? Let's, uh, let's go on the opposite end of the spectrum and talk about biggest gripes. Okay. Big gripes. <laughs> <laughs> That's my stinger because we don't have yes, a big gripe perfect. stinger. But we, d- we should, we should maybe Ryan get a big all- gripe sticker <laughs> stinger and we can use it. Um, yeah, my biggest one, there are a few. I'll start with the length of shows. Mm-hmm. Like... I really think that no matter what you're doing, 70 minutes is all you can really honestly and truthfully in a healthy way get away with at Fringe. Did I see great shows that exceeded that? Absolutely. Um, But you're, you're pushed for time and for a Fringe audience member... Like you're you're getting exposed to so much, you're you're not really doing yourself justice when people start to go. When's this over? When's mm-hmm. this over? And uh-huh. there were too many shows where I was like, please let this be over. Nope, nope. Okay. The um, end. Nope. Nope. Okay. And all right. Oh, the yeah. end. Nope. Uh, all, all right. <laughs> Which, at, like, not to toot our own horns, but Bailey wrote an insanely tight script for three guys, one group on. Um, and it was 42 minutes. Almost every performance was 42 minutes. And even with laughter and all that. And so that gave you the cast breathing room on the back end and the front end. But it also gave the audience, like there, no audience ever got out of there late. So they were always like, ah, they have a second to take a breath and then get to their next show. Or- well, and I think my favorite, I mean, selfishly, one of my favorite highlights of Fringe 2 has been... For a lot of people that don't know the script, who haven't read it before, because I think there's a fair amount of fools, people that knew what to expect that came in to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, the amount of times that the lights have gone out at the end, and I don't, people weren't expecting the ending, or they didn't think it was going to come so fast. And I've heard people in the audience go, <gasps> "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah." It was cool, it was cool to watch. <laughs> Those have been my favorite personal moments. Um, my, I'm with you on the length thing. I yeah. mean, like I saw. A couple one-person shows that were like seventy-five or eighty minutes, yeah. and one-person shows—that's that's, that's kind of it. a it's kind you of a stretch. Yeah. Um, one of them I saw was good. The other one was not so successful. It felt long, and I mean, one of the reasons why it was long was because the energy was kind of low. Yeah. Um, my biggest gripe, and it's it's the flip side of one of my favorite things about fringe i love fringe because if you have an idea if you have a script you want to try out if you have a thing you want to do and if you can scrape together the money or get a scholarship you can produce it and i love that about fringe you you don't have to have backing from a company or investors or anything like that like you if you have something you believe in and you want to do you can produce it and i love that that being said i saw a not a lot. Well, I saw some. I saw some shows, and this has kind of always been my gripe about some shows at Hollywood Fringe, is that I think there's a fair amount of people that come into Fringe where they're like, well, let's just do a play. Theater's easy, right? And it's not. It's, it's, <laughs> it's it is not. not. No, it's, no. It's not the same as doing film or television, and I'm not saying those are easy. I, I'm just saying that... Um, it's just different and it yeah. takes different intelligence and expertise and theater is not easy. And I just wish people would stop treating it that way because here, those here. were the worst shows I saw. 
Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, there were, yeah, I saw, there was one play in particular. I'm like, I, what are you, what are you doing? You do not understand this medium that you're working in in any way, shape or form. And, um, and, 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 and it was awful. And I made you guys go see it and you were angry. <laughs> it just I makes had. the shows painful. Yeah. And um, another thing, my friends, my God, start the fuck on time. <laughs> start on time. Start on time. Again, another reason to build in and really watch the time, your runtime of your show so mm-hmm. you can give yourself breathing room because we had a show on Pride Day uh, and traffic was awful and mm-hmm. parking was even worse. And I'm like, oh, I got five minutes. I can hold five minutes, you know. And, yeah, you know, I'm asking audience members who are there to wait. But, um, again, I'm getting them out early early, and on time. So They're not going to be late for their next show. Right. That's the other thing, too. But speaking of pain, that's my other gripe. My other gripe is, is and it, I guess it's kind of a both, but you have to be careful because... Oh my God, I sat in so many uncomfortable seats for so long. Like, you know, doing a, watching a 90 minute show, you know, on a bench or a bent wood chair. And it's just like, I'm not comfortable. And you have to factor that shit into your show and what you're doing. What is my space? Where am I? Where's my audience at? How are they sitting? Like, be interested in the seats. Care about the seats because it does make a difference. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. I had several things where I'm like, my shins or my ass are killing me right now. <laughs> my ass shins. <laughs> um, Another thing, shall we move on from gripes? Do we get through all of that? I, those were my big ones. <laughs> yes, you know. Um. I made so many new friends this year. And I mean, like, I, that's for getting, getting to reconnect. I mean, I've already, I've always known and loved Rebecca Larson, but getting to reconnect with Lee Wolf and Amanda Blake Davis through three guys. Mm -hmm. But like, I'm thinking of people like fucking Lois and Ellen, who are the mavens of fringe. Right. Like. I sat down and had a couple drinks with them, and they just, are amazing. And they're, they have, they're they've been lovely. working it for so long, but oh now, my god, this is the year that they fully ran it all, and they they kicked its ass. They they're, kicked its ass. And then, um, let's see. Oh, it's the first time I've ever had a conversation with Matthew Quinn. Oh like, yeah, yeah. He's, Matt's he's yeah. been a lovely person to run into at the bars or outside productions, and then also um, shout out to Bonnie He, who mm-hmm. won for comedy for Terrible Show for Terrible People. But I just ended up hanging out with her quite a bit. Oh great! And she's good people. And I finally got to meet Chris Richardson, uh, friend and uh, fan of the pod. Yes, you both did. You and Bailey both got to meet. <sighs> Chris, who I've Chris, known you're for the years best. and years, but yeah, it was, it was, and he had such a good time. There's a lot of people that came out of the woodworks too. And, uh, our old friend Tyler came out to see some shows and mm, support some Tyler. People. and like, it was just, yeah. And then just like you said, there, there's so many people that I kept bumping into and having conversations with, mm-hmm. and especially at that first press day where we just met so many amazing yes. people doing, doing amazing stuff. Yeah, for sure. 
Um, I wanted to take two seconds and just say a big thanks to people that really helped me out. Big thanks to Miles Berman, who's Miles. also a lovely person, our amazing stage manager for Three Guys, One Group On. Mm-hmm. Rebecca Schoenberg, who's been oh. my stage manager for Let's Get Silly. And Let's Get Silly has been a whole other joy for me. We won sure. Best of Broadwater. It was a highlight of doing that show because it was a pain in the ass to get audiences. Yeah. But it's just nice to have the recognition that, like, we've still got a good show and that's fine. And sometimes the audiences just don't cooperate. Right, totally. Um, and then, of course, uh, have to thank Bruno Oliver, Patrick Duffy, and, of course, the fucking bartenders at The Plunge. <laughs> the bartenders at The Plunge. All those uh, Sacred Fools members who helped uh, get the Broadwater ready uh, for Well, for and they've French. been in the trenches, like, in that packed bar and everything. Like, Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. <sighs> yeah. And, yeah, it was, it was because we, we had four performance spaces and had to maintain them all. Mm. Bruno and I had to do an emergency light hang on Saturday. Like just like, well, and you're on my, yeah, you're on my list of thank yous too. you and Bailey. But like, I know Scott that you put a ton of legwork and backbreaking work into the theater just to get the whole fucking thing started. But also we wouldn't have had three guys if it wasn't for you, oh, like pushing you. that it, forward. It, it was so. a joy. It was a, it was an honor to, to do and we get one more performance although by the time you hear this you, you it would have you been will have missed it motherfuckers missed it motherfuckers yeah <laughs> um so that's like that's i we've gotten through all my stuff did you yeah. have anything further to say no that's our fringe blast i you know thank you all for for tuning in and for i think we'll, if we do it next year uh we'll you know we there's so much to learn in terms mm-hmm. of you know being doing a show and doing these blasts throughout but uh, just what a marvelous experience, a marvelous return to live theater and an inspiration in so many ways, um, for sure. But mm-hmm. um, but yeah, uh, and then otherwise, let's just give a big shout out to uh, Oscar Wilde, who yeah. we start next week. Yes, join us again next week. We will have Bailey back, and we're going to begin our miniseries on Oscar Wilde. Our first play we're covering is, is his first play ever, Vera. So uh, get ready for that. And um, hey, y'all, please reach out to us via email, Facebook, and Instagram or Twitter. Rate, review, and subscribe. We still need that shit, y'all. Uh-huh. Every little bit helps. Please. Scott. <laughs> Thanks, CJ. A big shout out to Ryan Thomas Johnson for writing our theme song. Our theme song is better than your theme song. Yeah. And he also writes all of our stingers, and he's an amazing human being. A big shout-out to Pam Quinn for writing our special-centric songs, for being a part of our universe. Uh, she's going to be a guest again soon. We love you, Pam. And finally, to the great Pulitzer Prize-winning playwright, Annie Baker, who writes every single one of our episodes and doesn't even know it. And one day, Annie Baker, Scott. we're going to buy you... Yeah? Hey. Never mind. We're going to buy you a beer. <laughs> <laughs> Annie Baker nerds will get that. I only want to say, if there is a way, take this cup away from me, for I don't want to taste its poison, feel it burn me, I have changed, I'm not as sure as when we started. Bye. Is that Hello, Dolly? (laughs) Later, everybody. Get 70. (laughs) The theater, the theater.